Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Sons of Saturday. Thank you so much for joining. Uh, if this is your first time listening, uh, welcome. If you are uh, a repeated listener, welcome in and thank you for joining us. We have an incredible interview here, a little panel discussion, actually. Dr. Frank Shushak, the Vice President for Student Affairs, was an outstanding interview. And Kathleen Finn, my younger sister, class of 2024, uh, incoming student at Virginia Tech, uh, asked some great questions as well. What we did here, we wanted to zoom out and have a conversation uh, within some representatives at Virginia Tech and kind of just get an understanding of, hey, if I'm a student, if I'm a parent, if I'm a new student, if I'm an alumni, I want to know what's going on at Virginia Tech. How is Virginia Tech doing things differently? What is Virginia Tech doing to comply with CDC guidelines and public health guidelines? And, uh, you know, how are we going to be able to, you know, really make a difference and make an impact and start to do things and have a normal life again. And uh, this was a really great interview. And I think if you are any person in Hokie Nation uh, who wants to know what's going on, this will definitely be a light bulb type interview because I think uh, we have some great representation uh, in leadership positions at Virginia Tech. So uh, we we asked some questions on Instagram and we want to thank all of the class of 2024 students who submitted questions on Instagram. I think the uh, 2024 page put out a, 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 a question box there and I think we got like 60 or 70 questions. So we couldn't answer everyone, but we tried to put everything together and uh, Kathleen asked them on your behalf. So that was incredible, overwhelming participation. So great job on that regard. And as we kick off every single Sons of Saturday podcast, I want to create my first ever Hokey Haiku while on the fly while doing this. So here we go. Dr. Shushock rules. Giving us the scoops on school. Practice ut prosum. All right, that was completely on the fly. So uh, if you guys have ever done a haiku on the fly, that's how I just did it. And this is presented by Main Street Pharmacy, the best pharmacy in the New River Valley, the, the best pharmacy in Southwest Virginia. Dr. Jeremy Counts. New students, class of 2024, you are going to really fall in love with this establishment, the Main Street Pharmacy. This is not your, you know, your corporate pharmacy. This is the Main Street Pharmacy. They really take care of Blacksburg. They really take care of Virginia Tech alumni, the Virginia Tech community, and most importantly, Virginia Tech students. Jeremy Counts, go see him. He will greet you with a smile beneath his mask. But nonetheless, you can see it in his eyes. <laughs> Main Street Pharmacy has all of your COVID-19 necessities, and they are helping you follow CDC guidelines, and uh, it is just a great resource and a great place. So shout out to the Main Street Pharmacy. This one's for you. Without further ado, that's about it from this little pre-roll here, and let's welcome in Dr. Frank Shushak and Kathleen Finn. Thank you and enjoy. Ladies 
and gentlemen, boys and girls, sons and daughters, Hokies of all ages, welcome back to the Sons of Saturday podcast. We are incredibly, incredibly excited to welcome not one, but actually two incredibly special guests today. The man of the hour himself, Dr. Frank Shushak, the newly elected, newly promoted, uh, permanent vice president for student affairs at Virginia Tech. Dr. Frank Shushak, how are you today, Frank? Hey, I'm great, and I'm, I, I feel so honored to be on this really exciting and important podcast. We are so excited to have you, and we cannot wait to break it down with you over the next uh, next few minutes here. Yeah, and well, I mean, I had a, I had a choice. It was either uh, be on ESPN Sports Center or Sons of Saturday, and it was an easy choice for me to make. You made the right choice. Yeah, absolutely. Sons of good decisions. And then, uh, and then Kathleen Finn. My younger sister, rising freshman, uh, rising new student at Virginia Tech, recent high school graduate from Ridge High School, hashtag NJ to VT. <laughs> Kathleen, it's great to have you. How are you today? I'm doing great. So happy to be here. This is actually the first podcast that I've ever been on. So that's super exciting. And I'm very excited to be on here and ask some questions regarding our class. Sweet. Well, the class of 2024 is lucky to have you both in their lives. So uh, before we get started here, I want to make an introduction uh, to Frank. Dr. Shushak has a, uh, a myriad, that's an SAT word, myriad of accolades and uh, was elected uh, as the interim vice president for student affairs back last fall uh, when Dr. Patty Perello uh, went to a new position at the University of Maryland. And this was following a national search, but then in April 2020, Dr. Shushak was uh, promoted to full-time Vice President for Student Affairs. This division, it's very, very wide. There's a lot going on in student affairs. You think of anything that you were ever involved in at Virginia Tech, it probably was uh, rolling up under that student affairs umbrella. The division is known for facilitating one of the most robust and comprehensive student life experiences In the United States of America, Virginia Tech, this division was selected by diverse issues as most promising place to work in student affairs for the fourth consecutive year. But let's really, let's zoom out, okay? Let's zoom out, as I like to say. This division oversees more than 3,000 faculty, staff, and student employees, over 20 departments, and a number of critical student life programs that if you're a Hokie alum or a Hokie Hokie student, you are very much likely involved in, including dining, everyone eats, residential life, student orgs, counseling, health and well-being, international student services, student conduct, learning partnerships. I could go on and on. That's a lot of places. So, Frank, you've spent a lot of time uh, in higher affairs, spent some time as the executive editor of the About Campus publication. Uh, he's won a slew of awards. He's received his bachelor's from Baylor, master's from Ohio State, PhD from University of Maryland, shout out land grants, and uh, is also an associate professor in the higher education grad program in Virginia Tech's College of Liberal Arts and Human Services. So, that's a lot. We got it out of the way. But first question, you know, really just want to hear about the roadmap. Where did you kind of start and understand that you wanted to be in student affairs? And how did you climb that ladder to get where you are now today as a vice president for student affairs at an incredible university like Virginia Tech? 
Yeah, and you're you're right. I, I may have made a few stops before I found Virginia Tech, but as soon as I realized what I was missing in the Hokie Nation, I got here as soon as I could. So just like Kathleen, we we know where the best place is to be. No, so you know, listen. Um, I know lots of people are probably thinking that. Uh, you got to have a strategic plan to to find your way to positions like mine. But but really, what I did is what I loved, and uh, you know what I loved was um, working with college students and working with young people and and helping them think about um, who they are and what they love in the world and a problem they want to solve and and walking alongside them as they uh, develop goals and uh, putting the structures in place that help them achieve those goals and. And that's what I've been doing for 30 years. And, you know, I always uh, I always say, if you don't like what's going on out there, there's no better place to be than right here at a college or university because uh, it is where the change occurs. It's, it's where leadership is born, where people uh, discern their best way to use their gifts and talents. And, and I just can't think of a better uh, place to do it. And so I've just been putting one foot in front of the other and uh, keep working with students and enjoying every moment of that. That's fantastic. I wanted to I wanted to ask you a little bit about your uh, short term and long term goals. I know there are a million things happening right now, but uh, when you did accept the role and you did come to Virginia Tech, obviously, like you mentioned, a very special place. What is your vision for Virginia Tech, or some of the things that you want to improve upon um, as you take over the reins and continue to make this place even more special than it is now? Yeah, well, you all probably know I, I came in two thousand nine, and I came. Um, from my previous role at Baylor University, and and uh, so this is actually my eleventh year at Virginia Tech. So I've I've learned a lot, and I've been in the Division of Student Affairs and worked through several roles um, at Virginia Tech. But but I, I think you know wise leaders always look where um, where the energy is, where the where the strategic advantage is, and. And, uh, and, and that's how I, I see um, student affairs and the, serving in the vice president role. You can't have a greater strategic advantage than having a motto of Utprosum. You, you just can't. It just reminds you that uh, every day when you show up at a place like Virginia Tech, you can't escape that our motto is that I may serve. And, um, and, and that reminds you that this education you're getting isn't just to improve your life, it's to improve the lives of other people. And, um, and, and so when we, when we think about um, uh, what we want to do with student affairs, I think we want to help um, uh, in, a, in a very broad way, help students think about um, what their gifts and talents are, uh, what a problem it is, what a problem is in the world that they want to help solve, how to prepare themselves with an education and to practice um, skills, leadership skills, practice, figuring out what it means to serve well so that when they exit the, the halls of Virginia Tech and Blacksburg to wherever they go, whether that's uh, law school or medical school or their first job in marketing, that, that they're doing that with a sense of purpose that, um, um, that makes a difference around the, for the people in the communities that they're around. And so when I think about um, what we're doing at Virginia, Virginia Tech right now and what my big vi- you know, what's my big vision? Well, um, we know what some of the issues are in the world right now. We, we know that um, um, there's a lack of unity in lots of ways. There's a lack of, uh, of civil discourse. Um, there's 
plenty of examples of injustice uh, in the world. There are challenges with um, food insecurity and poverty, um, there, with healthcare. So what we want to do is we want to help our students think about those things while they're here and to practice what it means to implement change and how to be, be the change they want to see in the world when they graduate. And Virginia Tech is this giant laboratory. And so uh, part of the goal is we don't want anyone to graduate from Virginia Tech without practicing in real ways what leadership looks like, what service looks like, to think deeply about um, the diversity of people in the world and what inclusion looks like and what it looks like to to care about bigger kinds of issues. And, and so we want programs that are going to help people get to know uh, each other across socioeconomic boundaries, religious boundaries, uh, racial boundaries, to, to develop meaningful friendships across those um, demographics so that they can care about people in new ways and to work together to solve problems. So, um, you know, I know those are big things that I'm talking about, but when I think about student affairs, that's that's really what we're doing. We're trying to to craft experiences for students to connect with their learning in the classroom with real world issues so that when they leave Virginia Tech, that they're serious about making a difference with their life. So I've always tried to live by the, um, by the saying to leave something better uh, than you found it. And um, I think that a lot of different places give lip service to what you just said. Um, But after going to the university and seeing that everything that the school did to encourage people to spend time together, form those lifelong relationships and uh, encourage you to, I love the way you put it, think about how to solve the problems in the world. um, That was extremely well said. And I appreciate that. Well, Billy, that means a lot coming from you. And, and, you know, even this, even this thing, what you're doing, you're, you're facilitating uh, conversation, building community, helping people think about um, ways to give back to their alma mater, to care about their alma mater. I mean, you're, you and Pat are doing exactly what we hope um, all our graduates do. And we really appreciate that. You know, I spent some time uh, in the summer of 2015 as an orientation leader at Virginia Tech. And, um, you know, we really like to abide by the Virginia Tech principles of community. And the two that I could, you know, still list off at the top of my head are practice civility and embrace uprosum as a way of life. And I think those are two core principles that are really, really essential in a Virginia Tech student and a Virginia Tech graduate. So uh, I think it's really important that, you know, you are embracing those uh, as well as all the other principles of community moving forward here. And uh, speaking of orientation, uh, my comrade next to me, Kathleen, just attended orientation today. But I want to do a quick intro on Kathleen uh, before we can get to the main event here. Um, So Kathleen Finn, 18 years old, just graduated from Ridge High School, and she's going to be attending Virginia Tech in the Pamplin College of Business. She is an incredible artist, an incredible chef, like, actually, like, it's not fair how good of a chef Kathleen is. I've stayed home. uh, I've been home for the majority of uh, this quarantine, and uh, my sister and my younger brother as well have been uh, just ultimate master chefs and have been doing an incredible job. So uh, I'm so excited to welcome you here, Kathleen. So uh, just a quick, quick rundown and uh, would love to hear about your orientation experience, Kath. Right. Hey, everyone. So I'm Kathleen. Um, 
I just graduated from high school and I will be a marketing major in the fall. I'm so, so excited to be on campus already. I keep telling Pat that if I can go tomorrow, I would because I just have never been so excited for something. Um, like he said, I had my first day of orientation today. It went so well. I had my little small group. Shout out Jeremy Smallhawks, the best orientation leader. Um, my group was also very awesome. We had some great conversation, and I kind of just wish that I could meet them in person, but it was a great time um, over Google Meet. So tomorrow will be day two, and I am very excited to continue learning more about everybody that I will meet. So how, how was orientation? I mean, what, what was that? You're the first class ever at Virginia Tech who's had a virtual orientation experience without coming to campus. So what was that like? I mean, what, what did you think about it? It sounds like you had a pretty positive experience. Right. So here's the thing. I don't really know any different. I've never really had a formal orientation going into a new school. So for me, I, you know, didn't really know what else to expect. But I think that tech did do a really great job with um, the circumstances that they were given. And I think that they tried their best. And I am excited for the school. I think they really did a great job executing it. I'm excited uh, for this next segment. And again, I want to thank, before we get into this, I want to thank Kathleen. I want to thank Frank. Thank you so much for your time. And thank you to all the students. So what we did was we've been following, I've been following everything going on uh, about the reopening, about selfishly, about football, um, being able to go back to campus. The university has done, like, like Kathleen said, the best job that they possibly can but at some point, you know, going on the internet, you have specific questions and may not may want some more clarity on some certain things. So we set out and said, look, we we want to facilitate a conversation between an incoming freshman, get some uh, some questions that others have, and just get a dialogue going to answer some of those really important questions. So this next segment is really just an open dialogue and a culmination of the questions we received and some of the questions that I had. And um, we're just going to kind of shoot it around a little bit and try to bring as much clarity as we can. Uh, I know Virginia Tech is going to do the best job that they possibly can. So really excited to see how that, uh, how that goes. And Pat, I'll uh, kick it over to you. Right, one last thing. We did break it down into categories. So we have it broken down categorically, and we'll fill you in on what categories we're going through. But we'll, uh, we'll kick it off right here. All right. Category number one, this is the general category. And, you know, why not start from the beginning? So other than orientation, which we just talked about, we'd love to hear about the move-in experience. So uh, Frank, can you just walk us through that, what that move-in is supposed to look like in August when families are bringing their first-year students to campus and moving into the residence halls? Yeah, well, uh, first of all, you know, let me, let me just say that, um, um, this is hard. These are these are hard times for all of us. We all we all have pictures in our mind about uh, what something should look like, and we um, and, and Pat and Billy, you you had a move-in experience that is going to uh, look different than what Kathleen is going to experience because we're in the middle of a pandemic. And I wish that wasn't the case. And I'm sure if I asked you what it would be like if you had your orientation in a virtual format. You were like, I can't imagine that. But we just heard Kathleen say, well, it's the only orientation that I know. And actually, as 
is it was pretty awesome. And, and actually, I've I went through the virtual orientation myself too, Kathleen, just to, so I could experience it. And it's been it's been really terrific. I've been blown away at what we at what we can do in a in a virtual format. When we talk about move in, I mean the the key is um, for us is we're going to have to expand move in um, to. Uh, you know, around eight days. Uh, and that is because we, we need to shrink the number of people who are moving in at a particular time so that we can de-intensify um, the population um, but for obvious obvious reasons. So it just means that we're going to stretch that out. It will, it will look differently. We'll, we'll move people in um, in scheduled times, in scheduled windows, um, and buildings and, and scheduled blocks so that we can, again, will help students um, with the move-in process, but people will be wearing masks. Um, we're, we're asking students who are living in a residence hall um, to, uh, to participate in uh, COVID-19 testing. We're going to have testing clinics, and, um, and we hope that every student will voluntarily participate uh, in taking the COVID-19 test. And, and that's, that's for obvious reasons, because, uh, you know, we call it cruise ship living is a residence hall. You know, there's a lot of people in a residence hall. And so someone can be asymptomatic and, and give COVID-19 to a lot of people without really even knowing that they were, they were positive. So, um, that's the, the very first thing that's going to that be different. Um, and to facilitate that, we're doing some things we've never done before. I mean, almost everything we're doing is different. Um, we're mailing hokey passports to students for the very first time. So they'll get oh, wow. them in the mail. So when they can show up, they can go directly to the room. And, you know, a couple of things that we've done in the last couple of years are going to help that. We've moved to all electronic locks. So all you really need to get into your room is your Hokie passport. So um, people will show up, they'll have their Hokie passport, they'll go directly to the room in a scheduled way, and it'll just be, um, uh, it won't be the the organized chaos that it used to be. It'll be a little more um, uh, tailored to the specific occasion. So um, it'll be, it'll be moving, it'll be, it'll be exciting, uh, it'll be important, um, but uh, it'll be different. You know, I worked at the Hokie Passport office for two and a half years, so you just made my heart beat a little faster there. Fun <laughs> fact for all the uh, Sons of Saturday listeners, one of the lone interactions that I ever had with Billy Ray Mitchell while we were students together, because we didn't know each other at college, was myself making him a Hokie Passport. Um, so shout out to everyone at the Hokie Passport office. And I lost six them. of them, so there was a good chance we'd run into each other if we were working there. <laughs> Oh, well, you know, by the way, there there are some positive things that come out of uh, things like a pandemic. Is we do have to think about doing things that we have never done before that are probably good. So it's probably good we're mailing hokey passports and and uh, Kathleen, you probably have already downloaded your picture for your hokey passport. You don't have to get your picture taken at Virginia Tech, you get to download your own picture. So that way your ID will actually look good because you will you will Instagram ready your home. Mine didn't look good. <laughs> <laughs> she says thanks she says thank goodness. Oh, that's awesome. So for move-in day, you know, in that eight-day process, we have hokey helpers in the past. Will there be any hokey helpers or any assistance from peers of Virginia Tech moving in? Yeah, there there will be some assistance, uh, but it'll be very coordinated uh, and um, and and less. You know what it used to look like is 
you know, you, you would pull out, you get out of your car and your stuff and you'd be surrounded by a bunch of people who would help you. And it's going to be, it's going to look different than that. Um, but we, we also know that people are going to need help um, moving in. Uh, and we're also asking, you know, in, the, in some days um, in the past, you might bring your entire family um, to come help you move in. And, and we really want to limit the number of people who are coming to town um, for the move-in process as well. So, Pat, you, you may have to stay home. And uh, I can tell already Kathleen's, you know, saying thank you, thank you right now that you're not going to be there. The big brother uh, move, moving her in. But uh, <laughs> is that right, Kathleen? Oh, I I don't know. Part of me kind of <laughs> wants him there, you know? Oh. <laughs> yeah, show her, uh, show her all the spots on campus. No, we've, uh, we've had our fair share of trips down there together. So, uh I think uh, some alone time with mom and dad will be nice. Yeah. And, and you know, this is going to be a theme for through all the questions you're going to ask me. And I was going to tell you is um, the values of everything that we do remain the same. You know, the values that we want to build community. We want people to uh, develop relationships with each other when they come to campus. We want people to connect to the Hokie Nation. We want them to have a smooth transition from high school to college. All those kinds of things, those are unchanged. We just have to do them differently. And so we have to think differently about everything that we're doing. And, and a lot of it is, um, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's hard. It's hard to do, but, but it's what we have to do to, to try to be as safe as we can. And then last question for me under this topic, how many people are going to be allowed to move in at once across those eight days? Is it going to be kind of segmented by floor? Yeah, well, what we're trying to do is, is move in approximately 1,000 people a day. Uh, and so you're, you're saying, well, you, you know, you, you, we're, you're going to have about 9,100, 9,200 students on campus. We're doing about 9,000 a day. But the, the core cadets comes earlier you have some early move in. So it's going to, it'll probably be a little under a thousand students a day. And I know this is kind of, I don't want to put the cart before the horse here, but um, has there been any discussions around, around spring semester um, around, you know, regulations for that? You're asking a question. A lot of people have had, in fact, you know, people even are received our announcement for the fall as meaning that we were going to be online for the spring, which that decision has not, been made in any way. And, and, you know, what we hope is that, um, and this is not only a hope for Virginia Tech and Blacksburg, it, for our whole country, mm-hmm. is if, if we can all get together on this and sacrifice a little absolutely, and, and do the right thing, we can get through this faster mm-hmm. so that we can get on with our lives that um, we had before COVID so we can get back to the patterns that we enjoyed before, but that's going to require a little sacrifice. Absolutely. And, and in terms of that, uh, of that sacrifice, obviously masks are going to be a part of this semester. I'm curious, are there certain zones where you'll need to wear a mask? Uh, will you need to wear a mask on the walk to class? Uh, what is the mask protocol uh, on campus? Yeah, well, our, our hope is that, uh, students will wear a mask whenever they're in, when, whenever they can't social distance, but especially when they're indoors. So, and, and that's going to be uh, required. So when you're in the residence hall, if you're not in your room, if you're not eating, if you're not in the bathroom, that you're, you're wearing a mask. Um, and, and, and that's just the expectation. Same for the classroom environment as well. 
Um, you know, I, I don't like wearing a mask. It's very mm-hmm. uncomfortable. It makes my glasses fog up. Um, but I do it, you know, I do it because not because it's not ultimately about me. It's about, about other people. So that's, that's what's going to happen this fall. And, and uh, you know, the, the good thing is people are already, they're, they're getting designer face masks and, uh, <laughs> and uh, you know, I've, I've, I'm hokified out big time with my, my face masks. Sons of Saturday face masks. We're making them. <laughs> if, if if you get them, I will wear them. I mean, I'll, it will be my primary mask. The first one printed will be will be on the way to you. Yeah, and if I could get one with Billy on the mask, I mean, or, or Pat, I mean, I'll that, put my ho- I'll put my hokey passport picture on it. <laughs> All right, I'm in on that. Maybe I'll even underwrite that joint that that venture. <laughs> Right. So moving on to our next topic, um, we wanted to touch upon residence halls and a very popular question that was asked was sort of, will we have visitors in our dorms and will students be allowed to visit friends in other dorms? So, you know, Kathleen, what I love about that question is, um, is that that what we really need people to do is to to use good judgment. And so um, what's hard about these things is we could lay out 550 jillion rules for students to have to follow. And, and, um, And really what we want them to do is to use good common sense. So, um, you know, I, I don't know that, um, that we are going to lay down hard and fast rules um, about uh, that, Kathleen. If you're in Pritchard, that you can't uh, go visit your good friend in West AJ. Uh, um, so uh, that's probably not going to be productive. And even if we laid down that rule, then um, you know who's going to you know who's going to monitor uh, your your behavior in that kind of way. What we need people to do is just think all the time. Am I safe? Am I putting other people in situations to help keep them safe? Um, but minus that, what we want is people to have safe experience, uh, to enjoy um, the beauty of living in a residence hall. I mean, it, it's one of it's one of the highlights of um, of uh, the college experience is the people that you meet and the opportunities that you have to interact with others and. And what we don't want to do is legislate the experience to the extent that people can't have that experience. But we do need people to think and we need them to, to, to worry not only about themselves, but most importantly about other people. I want to say just, just as an add-in, um, I definitely appreciate that. I think, I think the coolest thing here is you're, giving, is you're giving students the benefit of the doubt to exercise acting like an adult and doing what's best for others. And I think a huge part of that, you know, this is a message to Kathleen and everybody in the 2024 class. It's important to police yourselves. If you see something that's not right, if you see somebody that's endangering others, one of two things are going to happen. Obviously the, the most horrible thing that'll happen is somebody could get sick. And the second thing is they're going to put in rules to not allow you to do these things. So I think the university from what you've said so far is doing a fantastic job to give you as much of a college experience as you can possibly have and encourage uh, others to meet new people and, and, and coexist. Um, But a large part of that uh, responsibility and a large part of that um, 
of being allowed to do that is you doing your part. So um, definitely appreciate that. Well, I, I did an interview a, a couple weeks ago with Nick Anderson, the Washington Post. He was interviewing a number of people about this. And uh, he, he said to me, you know, you seem to have a lot of confidence in, in your, your students. When I talk to people at other schools, they seem like they're putting the smack down on. And I, and I, I said, no, you know, that's, I think we're trying to inspire students to live up to our motto, you know, to, to really, to, to be thinkers about what's best for the whole. And, uh, and I, I really do have that kind of confidence in Virginia Tech students. Um, and, and, you know, candidly, I think um, um, y- you can't create enough rules and the, and the rule police um, to make those things successful. But, but I do think you can call students to live up to living their best selves and caring about others. And in my experience, 11 years at Virginia Tech is there are a few student populations that are up for that challenge like Hokies. So the next question we have regarding residence halls is what happens and what is the protocol if you or someone in your dorm test positive for COVID? Yeah, it's a, it's a great question. So we have uh, designated um, a, several hundred spaces so that, you know, that's why we've, we have a fewer students living on this camp on on campus this fall because we've designated certain number of spaces, several hundred spaces for um, what we call isolation or quarantine. Uh, So if a student um, were test positive and they live close by, one of the first things we ask is, would you, would you prefer to go home? Uh, would you prefer to go home and get well there? Is, is Are you in a, a proximity and is your family in a, a safe enough situation that that's preferable for you? And we think a, a number of students will say, yeah, I'm going to go home for two weeks. I'm going to quarantine. And then when I'm clear, I'm going to come back. Uh, so that's one. But another student might say, I live 400 miles away and I live with my grandmother and it's not safe for her. I need to. So we're going to put them in a quarantine uh, isolation space that we have on campus, and we're going to deliver meals to them. Um, we're going to we're going to take care of we're going to take care of them. So um, that's what we'll do. So if I'm living in Lee Hall and and Bobby Jones three doors down, if he tests positive, is it kind of just up to me to decide if I want to go get tested now because someone on my hall um, tested positive? Yeah. And, and, you know, those are scenario specific. So, um, you know, if we had an outbreak in a hall, we'd probably ask everyone to get tested. If it's at one situation and, and let's just say we, we caught that because he participated, Bobby Jones participated in the testing program and we found out that he tested positive, asymptomatic, maybe didn't have a lot of interaction. Then we might say to students, if you want to go get tested, great. Um, Otherwise, we, we would probably encourage them to quarantine, you know, and you can quarantine in place. You can say, hey, I'm just going to monitor my health. I'm going to stay in my room. Um, if I think that I've been exposed, I'm going to get tested. Um, again, um, you know, I think we're, we're going to use common sense, but we're going to collaborate. So what we want to do is help people think through what's the best approach uh, given the situation. On that note, so so there's no way, um, just from a legal perspective, so you're not allowed to make someone get tested or make someone. I'm just curious is is that how is that how it's written or how it's uh, kind of positioned to you? 
Yeah, I mean, our our, our position is, um, at least in the Commonwealth of Virginia, is that um, mandating someone to undergo um, a medical procedure, even testing, is uh, is not something that that we're doing. However, um, I think our students will do it. I think that mm-hmm. uh, the, the you know there may be a few. Uh, who don't, but I think our students will do it because they, they care and um, they'll want to do the right thing. Um, and, uh, and that's why we're making it available too. We're going to make it really, really easy for people to get tested. So to further the discussion about protection in the dorms, how the students who live in the dorms be protected against COVID, for example, will there be regular room checks and cleanings? Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I don't know what you mean by room checks, but that sounds even more dangerous than COVID for a variety of reasons, <laughs> Kathleen. But but um, uh, listen, um, one of the things that we have at Virginia Tech is a remarkable group of uh, residential life housekeepers. There are employees that, you know, we, we don't contract out. They are Hokies and, uh, and all summer, even, even when we... Uh, um, shut down the campus in March. Our housekeepers were still there. They are expert cleaners. They're going to keep cleaning. They they know the very best products. Our emergency management people are signing off on all of those protocols and procedures, the right kinds of chemicals. Um, so we think the bathrooms, for example, where, where do you know where you're living, Kathleen? I'll be living in Pritchard. Oh, see, I, I, okay. I just had a feeling, Pritchard. But listen, Pritchard bathrooms are going to be cleaner than they have ever been. I love that. <laughs> in the history, of, the history of Virginia Tech. That's <laughs> some, wonderful. Yeah, some crazy things have happened in Pritchard, you know, back in the day. But uh, <laughs> Pritchard's actually the place to be these days. Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, Pat, this is before your time for sure, but, you know, it really wasn't very long ago that Pritchard was all men. And, and let me just tell you, that is a really bad idea. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, that was just a bad idea. I'm glad we Thank have God. moved beyond that. <laughs> so we're going to move on to uh, to class now, whether that's on-campus class or virtual learning. But um for classroom size, Kath, I know you had a few questions here. Yes. Um, I wanted to know, what will the standard classroom size be? Yeah. So, you know, classes that are 50 or higher, uh, they're not going to be in person. So, you know, what's the standard class size at Virginia Tech? Well, that varies tremendously. But what we know for sure is that you're not going to have your large classes in person. So you're going to – your smaller classes where you can um, – Put in some social distancing procedures that um, that you have faculty who feel comfortable um, teaching in person. Um, those are going to be a, a little different. So there's going to be a lot of different formats. There's some things that just don't translate really well to online learning, and that's going to be an important uh, important ones that we're able to do um, uh, in in person. So I. I what we hope is there's th- going to be three kinds of classes. There's going to be online classes, there's going to be in-person classes, and there's going to be hybrid classes. And hybrid classes are, are going to be a little bit of both. Will students need to wear masks outside of buildings slash walking to campus? 
Yeah, well, um, we're working with the town of Blacksburg. I mean, I, th- I think that the bottom line is our hope is that people wear masks um, whenever they can't social distance. So if they can't social distance, they're wearing a mask. And if you've ever walked across the drill field uh, on a, a uh, changeover time, uh, you know there's lots of people on the sidewalk. So wearing a mask is important. And I know the town of Blacksburg really wants people when they're downtown to be wearing a mask as well. Right. So planning ahead here, I know that I will be spending a lot of my time in the library studying a ton. And I want wow, to this know. is great. Kathleen. <laughs> I want to know what times you're going to be there because Pat has asked okay. me to go and, uh, <laughs> and check in on you while you're there. Um, so, Dr. Shushak, will there be a limit to the number of people in the libraries? Yeah, so I, I think one of the things that you'll see with all our spaces, wh- whether it's uh, McComas or the library or dining centers, all those kind of places, we're going to have limits on the number of people that can be in there. So we'll we'll manage we'll manage that. So right. yes, but but given the fact that you'll be there first thing in the morning every morning, uh, oh. I, I'm sure <laughs> that you will be in that that number every day, Kathleen. Okay. I'm what are you going to be studying, by the way? Marketing. Oh, way to go! Okay. Yes. So I, I may need you. I may need your help marketing some of these public health guidelines. Oh, absolutely. Okay. Very good. Um, and then also, what percent of classes will be in person as opposed to online or hybrid? Yeah, we we estimate that approximately thirty percent of our classes will be in person or hybrid. I'm not sure how many staff we have that listen to uh, to this podcast. I, w- I do want to shout out Professor Wordelik, um, but I have a question from the staff's perspective. Um, so, if a staff member either becomes sick or you know their situation changes and they no longer feel comfortable teaching the class, do they have the option to move that class to online? Are there backup teachers available? Um, I, I know that's a huge what if. I'm just curious if there are any, you know, plans put in place or uh, kind of a case-by-case basis deal there. Yeah, it's a great question. And the name of the game for just about everything is adaptability and flexibility, right? So the people's condition, their s- situation can change at any moment. And so we're going to have to be uh, flexible and adaptable. And, and that includes for our our staff and our faculty. So um, they, their family situation may change. Their health situation may change. Absolutely. Um, what's happening in the environment uh, may change. I mean, you know, this week we, you know, we're, we're climbing. We, we've hit 3,000, uh, 3 million COVID-19 cases in the U.S. So, you know, conditions are changing all the time and um, we've got to respond to what is, not was, or what might be. So I will be in Pritchard Hall, which is in close proximity to West End Dining Hall. Um, Dr. Shushak, could you tell us what will the restrictions be in the dining halls? Yeah. Kathleen, who has, what university has the best dining in the country? Do you know? I'd say Virginia Tech. Excellent. I mean, that, <laughs> that is absolutely correct. And so, uh, you know, I'll tell you one of the most controversial decisions that we've made this year. It has not gone over well, but people have, have 
understood, especially our students have understood. Um, in fact, my son, Braden, who you met just a little while ago, who's a finance major, senior at Virginia Tech. Oh, wow. He said, you know, maybe I should take my senior year off if I can't have dining. But we've we've made the decision that um, or at least we're going to start the year out only providing dining to our first year, our, our on-campus students. So that's 9,200 students that will be on campus. But uh, we've got to, again, it's about decreasing the load in these physical environments. And so here's the good news, Kathleen. Um, Hokies living on campus are going to have first priority for the dining center. So the things that you love. That's fantastic news. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, um, you know, I, I think we're going to have to learn about um, what this looks like as we go. So we're, we're probably going to start out with no or limited seating um, in West End. Um, but um, we may, as we go forward, begin to add seating. Again, you know, one of the things I just keep reminding people is if we do this well, if we can get together and do this well, then we can make movement back to the old ways that we we did things. So I'm, I'm hopeful that's that will be the case. But the good news for all our incoming students is they're going to get the Virginia Tech dining experience to the extent that we're able to provide it. I will say I uh, thoroughly enjoyed indulging in the Virginia Tech dining experience. So I want to thank you for that. Um, it was fantastic. What was your favorite dish? I mean, what uh, was it? You, I know you uh, had my, go-to. my go-to is I went to, uh, I got two, a double order of London broil, uh, from the double order, double, oh, oh double, order, double order. And you get the mashed potatoes and two loaves of bread, but you then tell the guy or lady behind the de- uh, table, you say, can you put mushroom gravy on the London broil and the bread and the, uh, mashed potatoes, please? <laughs> And um, and can I get a side of mushroom gravy as well? So that was uh, that was my go-to and a Powerade with ice. So that was the that was the Billy Ray special at uh, at West End. Um, usually we had a soggy plate to throw away at the end of it, but it was well worth it. Um, but did enough. Billy always, Ray grow? Did Billy Ray grow during the first year? At Billy Ray Billy Ray did not grow vertically. He grew horizontally. <laughs> but um, it was part. Of, it was part of the job. It was part of the job. I came in at two forty-five. I left at like three fifteen. So well, it's a special uh, mushroom sauce. I did, yeah, it is a special mushroom <laughs> sauce. Um, the next couple of questions here that we have are centered around extracurricular activities. So. I know that we we mentioned we had this originally slated for uh, for moving, but I know that Gobbler Fest is something that really incorporates students into. Hey, here are some clubs that you may not be aware of, or here are some extracurricular activities that you're not aware of. Is there going to be some sort of Gobbler Fest or some sort of portal where students can investigate different extracurricular activities for them to get involved in, or um, what are the plans there? The the answer is yes. So you know what we don't want to do is invite students back to campus and tell them just sit in your room, right? That's it. Mm-hmm. Why have, have them back? So we, we are going to do our very best to provide the Virginia Tech experience for our students. Those, because those are our values. You know, our values are we want to build community. We want to build connection. We want people to be successful at Virginia Tech. We want every student to be successful at Virginia Tech. So um, when you asked about Gobbler Fest, we're putting some really creative things together. Um, I, I don't want to share too much, but I can say that I've heard some of the ideas. You know, they're, they're about 
assigning time slots and sections, almost like going to Disney. You know, there, there's little parts that you get an assigned time slot so that we can um, move people through at uh, levels that are are safe. So, um, you know, one of the things that these uh, moments do is they bring out creative thinking. You know, if you believe that having Gobbler Fest is important, then you just say we have to do it differently. Uh, we're going to do it in a safe way, but how do we do it? And uh, um, because we we value those things for students. So there will be a Gobbler Fest. There will be activities They'll just be different and, you know, people will have to be adaptable and flexible and probably a little more scheduling. You know, there'll be probably a little more sign up for a slot, you know, sign up for an area at a particular time. What do you think about that, Billy Ray? I loved, I, I love Disney World. So, I mean, I, I love that. I, I will say, I, I didn't say it in the question, but I was always curious as to, you know, if there's no Gobbler Fest, if there's no way to kind of, you know, intermingle and meet your peers, why, why go to campus? But again, it seems that um, the university and, and my, my inkling was that the university would do everything they, that they could to encourage students to meet uh, one another and to have as real as an experience as you can. So I definitely, uh, definitely appreciate that. I think it's awesome to hear that student activities will still be going on because I know that is a big concern for a lot of the incoming freshmen. Um, so what could you tell us about the plan for student centers such as the War Memorial Gym, McComas, and are recreational sports still happening? Yeah, so all those things, we're, we're, we're still in the planning phase, but even right now we're, we're doing a little pilot program. We've got a small group of students who are on campus this summer, and we're doing a, um, a pilot program for them in McComas. And I took a tour of it the other day. Uh, I'm blown away at the incredible procedures, the marketing from a public health standpoint, the way we cue people, um, the way that we implement cleaning procedures and check-in procedures. Um, McComas is is great, and we'll we'll monitor the number of people in the building. But McComas will be available in the fall for students to use. Um, so same with all, all our environments, uh, Squire Student Center. It, you know, again, we're going to have to be patient. You know, you show up at your favorite restaurant. You know, if you go to if you love Chipotle, for example, you, you can still get Chipotle, but it's a little different. And sometimes you have to be a little bit more patient. And I think that's what it's going to be at Virginia Tech. And I, I think if if people uh, assume that attitude that um, how great it is to be on a college campus, to be with all these interesting people, and and uh, be a little flexible, then you'll have a, you'll have a great time. Cool. So now we're going to talk about uh, health centers and health procedures. Shiffert Health Center, uh, Hokie Wellness, that area of campus. So, Kath, kick it off here. Right. So I know we briefly um, touched on testing, but what is the formal um, process regarding the price, appointments, and the location of testing for COVID? Yeah. So uh, the the residential process will be there'll be there'll be clinics set up for you. You you won't be asked to pay for that. Um, and, you know, t- testing is going to be something that we're going to be doing for students. So um, the great thing is you, you pay that activity fee when you come to Virginia Tech, you're, and that, that provides you access to Schiffert. It provides you access to Cook Counseling. Um, all those kinds of things are, are still in place for students in a really important part of um, serving students. And has the Schiffert Health Center added employees 
or been specially prepared in the case of a breakout? Yeah, well, uh, one of the things that we're doing is a ton of scenario planning. Um, And and one of the things that we're doing right now is we're we're contracting with uh, a, a company to help us with our testing needs so that we don't divert our nurses, our nurse practitioners and physicians away from uh, working with students in their regular health issues away to, uh, towards doing um, testing. So uh, yes, we're, we're adding people, personnel to help with things like testing so that um, we're available for students for other healthcare needs. So this question was submitted uh, as a letter from the lunch pail from Twitter that kind of fell into this category. Uh, when the vaccine comes out, do you anticipate that changing anything? So, uh, you know, imagine it's, you know, early November or, you know, mid-October and, oh, we had got a vaccine. But I know that there's a lot of regulations that go into even getting a vaccine. But as far as like Virginia Tech and how Virginia Tech is going to operate, is that going to kind of change anything or stop anything or progress anything? Well, let's talk about this for just a second. So first of all, let's pray that we have a vaccine sooner rather than later. I mean, that would just be incredible. And I don't know exactly what that mean, but I, uh, means, but should we have a vaccine in November, that would be really great news, especially if it begins making an impact. But, you know, I, just as an aside, I, this is um, you know, the conversation that I think all of us can and should be having, and I think Hokies can lead this kind of conversation, is, you know, I, I um, read a, um, a, a research article in um, one of the media outlets that said 30% of the people said they wouldn't take the vaccine if there was one. And, uh, you know, that's an example of, um, you know, how are we going to get through this pandemic? We're going to get through this pandemic if we all get on board and say, we're gonna do what's best for the community. I wear a mask because it's best for others, not because uh, I, uh, uh, I, I don't like it. I don't feel comfortable with it. I, I get the vaccine because it's better for my community. Now, I, I think um, this is the, the question that we all have to be asking ourselves is what are we willing to do? What are we willing to do to knock this thing out? Are we willing to link arms? And to be in it all together. So, or, um, you know, are we going to flex our muscle about, I want to do this, I don't want to do that. And, you know, I think that's a really important thing. So, and Virginia Tech is part of a, a larger whole. Um, we can do our part, but we, we need um, leadership at the state, local, national, uh, in communities to, to say, no, we're going to be in this together. And, and I think that's an important part. And that's going to determine what the future holds for um, students in, in January, I think. You need to take ownership. Like, I mean, I, I, I you're, you're saying it about as nice as you can. I mean, at the end of the day, it's frustrating to see it around the country. Like it's a, it's on everybody to get through this. And like you're saying that the quicker that you want to get back to being normal, the quicker that you want to, and not just you, everybody, everybody, everybody. Wants to get back to having the life that they're having. It, it's on everybody and every step you take, you're conscientiously deciding to do the right or the wrong thing. That's life in general, but it's just exacerbated with this entire situation. So another SAT word, by the way. Uh, I, I'm so impressed. You guys must have gone to Virginia Tech. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> That's terrific. So 
Moving along to to the gargantuan elephant in the room. False. That's another. I mean, the words are just (laughs) Owen. Oh, man. Uh, You know, today the Ivy League said fall sports are canceled. Uh, Today, Stanford pulled 11 of their Division I programs, mostly of their Olympic sports. What are you thinking of fall sports? I know that it's July, it's July 8th and, you know, athletics is a completely different ball game, but, you know, from the student experience, it's one of the best parts of being a Hokie. You get to jump in Lane Stadium. You get to jump in Castle Coliseum and eat your popcorn with Mike Young. You get to go cheer on the Hokie lacrosse team and the baseball team and all these other incredible athletes. How are fall sports going to work? I know this is a day-by-day situation here. Yeah. It, it, you know, my heart breaks for, for our student athletes because they've prepared their whole life for these moments. And uh, there's nothing more fun and more exciting than cheering on student athletes and seeing what they can do for the Hokie Nation. Uh, I sure hope that we get to cheer on the football team. And uh, I sure hope we get to cheer on the um, the soccer team and um, the wrestling team and every student athlete deserves for the Virginia tech fan base to be able to come cheer them on in the name of the Virginia tech Hokies. So I hope that's the case, but I don't want to make too fine point on this, but I'm going to go back to you again. If, if as a larger community, we had already done what we needed to do, we would be in a very different situation than we are right now. You know, football looks less probable than it did in May, and that's unfortunate. And so um, we need to get on board with doing the right thing, making the right choices, putting down our ego for just a second and our own self-interest and do what's right for our community so that we can do the things that we want to do and that people deserve to be able to do. And, and um, our student athletes deserve to be able to compete and they deserve to be able to compete with their fan base. And so um, I don't know what's going to happen. I thought the Ivy league decision today was startling. Uh, and um, you know, of course you've seen a variety of schools that have had significant um, uh, COVID outbreaks among their football athletes. And so I think, um, that's a question. And then, you know, what kind of fan base could you have? Or could you do something like Major League Baseball and not have fans and be able to watch it on TV? And um, so lots, lots to figure out. Uh, you know, I know that the ACC is studying this and wanting to make the very best values based decision. But, you know, w- what I do know is I know that all of us individually can do things. And if we really care about um, our student athletes. And one way we can help is the small decisions we make every moment of every day to get through this together. I want to, I want to preface this question by saying that everything you have said and every action that the university has taken up until this point has been to provide as much of a normal experience for incoming freshmen as you can. And I think a lot of people really do appreciate that because at the end of the day, there is no playbook for how to do this. There is no playbook on how to do uh, orientation that you took this morning, Kathleen. There's no playbook on how to move students in, how to handle everything. So I definitely tip my cap to you and the university for that. But 
the news that came out today with Harvard, they announced that all of their course instruction will be taught online uh, for the entire 2020-2021 year. Um, the most interesting part about that is that they will be keeping tuition the same um, at that $47,000 price point. I'm curious, as for you, from a student's perspective, is there going to be any changes if the spring semester is canceled or are there any options for aid due to the changes that there are now? And as I said, though, it does seem that you're trying to do everything that you can that is normal. But if that changes to where all classes are online, for example, will that price point likely still be the same? Yeah, it's a great, great and important question that you're asking. And it's one that I get a lot. And and what I, uh, I try to remind people is that if our classes are online, by and large, our expenses to the university are the same. So most of our budget is personnel. So unless we start firing people, uh, you know, letting go people, furloughing people, um, then uh, that cost is steady. Another huge part of our expenditure is financial aid, grants, gifts, uh, um, aid that we give to students. We've already awarded that to students. Uh, if, it's, if it's a grant, we're not going to take that back from a student. That expense is the same. Um, things like um, um, electricity, water, uh, facilities, debt service, buildings that we're building, all those are things that are expenses are the same. So I think, um, it's, uh, I think people think, oh, it's gone online, that the Virginia Tech is saving a ton of money. We should be able to just give back a lot of money. Well, it's, it's not as, as simple as, as that without making some really hard decisions. And I'm not saying Virginia Tech won't make hard decisions, and they're going to do what's right for Virginia Tech and Virginia Tech students. But um, even uh, this last spring, uh, you know, uh, students still were provided counseling through counseling in virtual environment. Uh, Shifford Health Center remained open. Um, you know, those, we did refund people's um, dining. We did refund a portion of their, uh, of their um, uh, housing. And it, we've already made a decision, for example, that we've cut short the fall semester a tad. And so people's housing bill will be reduced by uh, 10%. So um, that's already a decision that we're made. So we're always trying to make decisions to be fair. The last thing we want to do, um, the people that we love and care for the most are, are, are Virginia Tech students. So we don't want to do anything that's deleterious or detrimental um, to that uh, trust that we have with people. So we're going to make really good decisions, but it's not easy just to, uh, um, we, you, you still have the same expenses by and large as you did, whether regardless of what format that you're in. I, I appreciate, I appreciate that answer and I appreciate your honesty on the, uh, on the, uh, on the response. Um, the other question that I have in you, you mentioned this earlier, uh, is that your son who's a senior, uh, was wondering if he wanted to go back or, 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 or finish out the semester. So I'm curious if you're a sophomore or you're an incoming freshman um, and you decide whether because, you know, from a personal decision or a family situation that you have going on, if you decide, hey, it's not best for me to go to campus this fall or to not go to campus at all this academic year and you've been accepted to Virginia Tech, 
Um, would you be allowed to postpone your enrollment uh, and still have your acceptance? Would you need to reapply? Um, is there is there a process in uh, in place for that? Yeah, there is there is a deferment process for sure. Okay. Yeah, and and I like how you frame that a lot, Billy Ray, which is. You know, you, you got to look at it from your personal circumstance, what's right for sure. you. And, um, and and that's the most important thing is people make decisions that are right for them. And listen, if we've extended admissions to somebody, um, that means that we see something in them that uh, is important and we believe that they belong in the Virginia Tech Hokie community. And so um, whether it's this fall or next fall, we still want them to be a part of this community and we want them to do what's right for them. And so that's, that's what we'll do. So uh, I have a question about move out because you mentioned that. After- we're already moving out. We've moved in. We moved out. We've eaten. Okay. All right. We're at move out. <laughs> I, feel like, uh, I feel like the whole first semester just went by like that. Um, so with move out, you mentioned the housing bill is reduced by 10%. Um, is there like a hard move out date that everyone's going to have to move out at the same time? Because, you know, everyone moved in at the same time. But, you know, you kind of leave everything in your residence hall over, you know, that elongated winter break now, how is move out going to be? Is everyone just going to, yeah, after we'll schedule it and coordinate it uh, um, because um, you know, uh, that's going to be as important as move in. Of course, we have no idea what, what the condition of COVID-19 will be in November. Let's hope that it's in a, we're in a very different place than we are right now. But um that's why we try not to get too far ahead of ourselves uh, on these things because we we just don't know what the conditions are going to be. But it'll be coordinated and and phased and and um, there will be some students who um, will need to apply to stay um, after Thanksgiving um, because of their unique circumstances. We have a way to do that as well. So, I first want to say. I, I really appreciate this. Um, <clears throat> I don't have a kid going to Virginia Tech. I'm not going to Virginia Tech. But the passion that you have put forth and the thought, uh, you know, I, I didn't know what to expect coming into this conversation, what you could answer. And you've get, given ex- phenomenal answers for uh, for everything. And before we move on, Kathleen, uh, I think you're in fantastic hands. Um, I, I really truthfully do. Um but uh, does anyone else have any follow-up uh, follow-up questions before we dive into our letter from the lunch pail? Yeah, I think I think you did an absolute unbelievable job. Uh, so I definitely tip my cap to you um, and appreciate this from uh, not just your standpoint, but the university standpoint too, um, to come on this forum and have this discussion. And we were wondering, we, we separated this question. This question came from Henry Scott, who uh, has been very... Um, who has analyzed what's going on in the New River Valley. Um, and to be honest, a big part of what's going on is some irresponsible actions by people that live there. And here was his question, and I more want to have a dialogue about this point. His question was, if it's not legal to require negative tests before allowing a student to return, why is the university comfortable with welcoming an age group back that has proven to be a major factor in the spread of COVID? especially considering the area's inability to handle an outbreak. I don't mean to seem accusatory in the question. The amount of asymptomatic cases in college-age people and demonstrated lack of care by those people across the country will not be stopped by Virginia Tech asking for uprosum. What is their plan when students do not heed the request? Before 
everyone weighs in on that. I want to say that everything, if I listen to this podcast, everything that you've said is that you're trying to provide and do the best job possible that you can from a university standpoint to allow students to have the student life that they want and the student life that they signed up for. Uh, A big part of that is like hiring for a company. You have accepted the students and accepted people that you believe embody the values and embody the types of people that you want to have on this campus. So to change that, I want to ask you, your message to students when they come back on a campus, freshman, sophomore, junior, senior, even people that live in the Blacksburg, New River Valley area, people that visit the area, ut prosum, that I may serve is going to be more important right now than it ever has been on campus. What is your message to those students and those residents that will be living and sharing uh, this area that we love? Billy, I love the way the way that you frame the the whole question, and um, you know, ut prosum in of itself is um, is a calling to the Hokie Nation, but it's also a bigger calling that we are uh, hoping to engage the world through our graduates, which is that life. Um, is very much most rewarding when we live it in a way that is for others, when the world gets better for others in addition to ourselves. And you know what the bottom line is? Uh, Our future, not just Virginia Tech's future, our, our future, the near future, is very dependent upon us asking ourselves the question, what is in the best interest of the larger community? And I have a choice uh, to believe that young people, that uh, college students are not going to do that. Or I have the choice to say, I believe people uh, are inherently hopeful about the kind of change they want to see in the world. And they're going to step towards that. And um, that's what I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to hang my hat on and bet on those kinds of students. And, uh, and, and we'll see what happens. And we may have to make different choices because of the data that we get from the decisions that people make. So that's why, you know, I've been so straight up about, in the little moves that we make every day, they add up to big things for the larger things that we believe as a community. And we, we've got we've to make individual decisions that are other-centric. And that's the bottom line. And, you know, nobody at Virginia Tech can control that. What we can do is we can articulate and value the kind of community and kind of people that we want to be and call other people to, to live up to that. And I'll just say, in my 11 years at Virginia Tech, I've just seen Hokies do that over and over and over again. So I'm going to lean into that. I'm going to lean into that hope because, and why? Why is it worth it? Well, Kathleen's right here with us. That's why it's worth it. She's, she's excited about moving forward with her life. And uh, that's worth the risk, I think. Now, we may have to divert, but we're going to give it our best shot, given what we know right now. 
Incredible answer. And I trust that everyone coming in knows this. It's not high school anymore. Like you're an adult, you're sharing this town, you're sharing this university, you're sharing this space. Um, I think you did a very good, uh, I think we've all done a really good job hammering that home that this year is going to be what we make out of it. So um, I, I, I really, I really appreciate that. Um, I really do. So Dr. Shushak, before you go, that was absolutely incredible. And we are more than honored and, and blessed to have you as a leader in our university community and helping us embrace those principles of community and practicing civility and practicing Udprosum and, Dr. Shushak, thank you so much for enlightening us and letting us know some details about how campus life will be in the fall. I feel really, really fortunate to be able to listen to you talk about this because I know that not everybody can have this amazing opportunity. And I think that also by listening to you talk, it offered it offered a lot of comfort and made me feel more safe as well as excited to hop on campus to enter Blacksburg as I'm learning that tech is going to be following as much normalcy as possible. So that gives me a lot, a lot of happiness. And I'm sure that all of my classmates listening to this right now will feel the exact same way. Awesome. Well, I I hope you'll find your way uh, to my office and, uh, when we get through this pandemic, Kathleen, you and I are going to D2 and we're having a big plate of veggie nuggets. D2 is one of the most, uh, <laughs> I, everybody slanders D2. I love the D2 because I swiped in and I ate as much as I wanted and I always left full. So I'm with you. Of, thank you. I'm glad, I'm I'm glad, we, got a, I'm glad we got a D2 name drop, but um, <laughs> you all heard it. <laughs> Dr. Shushak, it's time for shout outs. Shout out time. Who do you want to shout out on this episode? Hey, listen, I I have the most extraordinary colleagues at Virginia Tech that um, uh, I know they they are working harder than they ever had. And that is so weird because there aren't students on campus, but they're working so hard because they believe in this thing that we're doing. So I just shout out to everyone from the dining services workers, to the housekeepers, to the uh, to the athletic trainers, to the people who uh, work in McComas, to our faculty, they, I'm, I'm shouting them out. Kath, any shout outs from you? I would like to shout out all of my Pritchard peeps. It's actually crazy because so many of the people that I already know going to tech, a lot of them from my high school, will be in my dorm. I want to shout out even including my twin cousins who live in South Jersey. I will be in the same dorm with them. I want to shout out my roommate, Sarah Hearn. She's the best. Also, Abby Stockmo. She will be in Pritchard with me, as well as Emily Gray and Stephen Portis. Shout out, you guys. You're the best. This has been unbelievable. And again, I can't thank you and the university enough for allowing this dialogue to happen. And I truthfully hope that whether you're a parent listening, whether you're a student listening, whether you're an alumni, you feel safer, you feel more informed, and you feel more than anything, I'm just proud of our university and, um, and looking forward to hopefully, uh, I'm encouraged to be proud of our students uh, at the end of this fall semester and uh, leading into the spring semester. Literally the entire world and the entire 
student, former student body and alumni network is watching you and counting on you. So uh, we're very excited. But with that, thank you so much. We can't thank you enough for this. Um, and hopefully, let's do this again. We got to get you back on sometime yeah, soon. Yeah, absolutely. Because I love Sons of Saturday. <laughs> love it. Love it. <laughs> Have a good day. All right. See y'all later. We will see you soon. Thanks for coming on. <laughs> <laughs>